Welcome to Karma San Diego Podcast, where we talk all things San Diego awareness, activism, and ourselves. <laughs> My name is Kelly, and I'm Adriana, and we want to give you a warm welcome to our show. Sit back, relax, and grab yourself a creature comfort, and we'll do the same. We're live, ladies and gentlemen. Yay! I'm, si- I'm sipping on this sexual ass coffee that Kelly made me. Do you want to hear about it? Mm hmm. I. Oh my god. Love making lattes. It's definitely my new pandemic skill. I learned how to hand roll a joint and I learned how to make a latte. Like a legit ass latte. Like a real latte. I will say that I don't use espresso. Which, espresso is just coffee on a different ground setting anyway. But I do pour over. And you do really strong coffee. I do. Because it's like, whew. We call it jet fuel. Yeah, it's a nice one. So you make this like thick ass espresso like jet fuel. Check. Then you add ingredients I almost didn't want to tell people about because it's so good. You got to give them a sneaky peek. Mm Mm-hmm. Here's the $10 million takeaway. You have to make it in a hydro flask that has a screw-on lid. Mm. I'm going to use that analogy. Obviously, you have a different brand. That's great. But (laughs) it's a tumbler that's metal that screws on, and there's no possible way the lid's coming off because you shake it like a drink. Like, okay. a, like a bar. Like a cocktail drink. Yeah, a cocktail. So if you have the shaker tins yes. as a bartender, you can and do this. And they don't get, like, hot on the outside. Because mm-hmm. some of them are the ones that get chill and nice. You, ow, don't do that. <laughs> and then, too, once you finish shaking it, you have to keep a towel on it when you unscrew it because it goes pop. Like it. So you've created air. It's kind of like you're whipping just in a different way. It's got a little love this. A little heat fart mm. when you open it. So you have to shake it because the most important ingredient is coconut powder. Mm. This is not coconut flour. This is not coconut oil. This is not coconut sugar. This is not coconut milk. This is powder. Coconut powder. It's 100% coconut ground up powder. The cocaine of coconut. So, you're making lattes for two people. You will need 16 ounces of pour-over coffee. Mm. You will need 8 tablespoons of coconut powder. You'll need like half a cup of oat milk, a little bit of cinnamon, a little bit of maple syrup, Mm. a little bit of coffee mate creamer of your choice. We go between hazelnut and vanilla caramel. Mm. Both excellent choices, Thank truly. You. Thank you. Mm. You screw on that lid. You shake that bitch up. And you do it. And How frothy do you want it, yo? <laughs> can you use a frother, like the little guy? Yes, you can. What I would do is all those ingredients I listed, minus the coffee, I would make sure the milk is hot, mm. froth it, then add in the coffee, okay. which you can do. But I... Uh, don't do it that way unless I'm feeling extra fancy and I want to wash a saucepan. Do you know what I mean? Yes. But sometimes I do make the creamer essentially on its own. Okay. Because once you heat up that powder, it's a nice set. Uh, okay. But if you whip it, you get powdery plus three gusteries. <laughs> and if you do it after it pours in, it turns flat. Damn. Flat. So that's our creature comfort for today is Kelly's Latte. And it's... 
so good. It's in remembrance of the coffee shop by my old house that I would talk shit about, but they have great coffee. We'll never go there again. We'll probably never, ever go there again. Yeah, we love this coffee, and I do save a fuck ton of money because I really did buy a latte five days a week, had a $150 coffee budget a month, and now I actually found what I like. There were some trials. There were some tribulations. (laughs) But now... I would guess that this really fancy all the bells and whistles is less than a dollar a cup still. Dude. Except the coconut powder is like kind of bouge. But I get burnt on it, so I'll buy one like once a month. It's like 14 bucks for a giant thing of coconut powder. Honestly, I think you're winning. I'm winning hard. You really are. That sounds so smart. I mean... I'm also such a coffee fiend. Like, we mm-hmm. are avid coffee drinkers, and, like, our friend was not... A, our friendship was not only <laughs> built on... We built our friend coffee. Our, our friendship was not only built on food, but also coffee. Like, Absolutely. we totally would go on dates to coffee shops all over town, and it's just, like, Our preparatory special. high school worked us so hard that we had a caffeine drip at age 15 and bonded over lattes oh my God. in uniforms. I literally would wake up I had to get up so early for a school because we didn't have a parking lot at our school and I lived like a 30 minutes away so I'd have to wake up super early to get to school to find a parking space on the street and I'd get there and have to walk to a coffee shop because it was like five o'clock in the morning and I school didn't start for another two hours so uh I became a coffee fiend like very young yes and it's a super European thing that I like that we do because Europe (laughs) that's all they do Midday, <coughs> restaurants shut down, stores are closed, it's time to take a nap and have yeah. some coffee, have, have a, a six-hour lunch. Fiesta. It's nice. I can't wait to adapt that lifestyle. Honestly, we I kind of right now. Do. <laughs> Ever since I started being, like, kind of, like, independent contractor, self-employed, working for myself, I have framed my workday that way because I do actually work better that way. Mm-hmm. I grind hard. We're going to have a whole episode on my morning boner. Totally. Then I need a break for lunch, and I really do need to, like, rest the bones. You can tell when the lunch break isn't long enough, and you need to rest And I think that that's just, like, really necessary with just, like, being a person. Mm -hmm. I really liked that our high school was uh, on the block schedule rather than, like, what, six to eight classes in a day? So we we never had the same class every day. We had it every at least every other day yeah it was every other day and the order was always different so it was like yeah because they had done so many tests that like when you take math class every single day at 8 a.m and it's your first class of the day like you're not going to retain it so if you constantly rotate the time in which you take these classes you'll absorb the material better i was so good at math in the afternoon same i'm a math afternooner yeah same so like (laughs) having history first thing in the morning you're like this is a fucking drag but like starting your day off with art oh my god what a beautiful dream oh my god isn't that beautiful oh i'm gonna take yearbook and art first two classes of the day and then I'm awake I've had my coffee I've gone to the roach coach I'm 15 I'm 15 <laughs> I've worked a full day at school I can finally do the hard classes like I'm truly ready. right and I can give you a full little minute of my time oh my god so I'm really funny. excited for today's episode me too um, shall we tell the people yeah 
Today's episode is going to be the first of a few that we're going to do. It's a city feature for San Diego. This episode is called Ocean Beach. And we're going to just talk about a little bit on the history of Ocean Beach, how it came about, its demise, its rise. There's many ocean beaches in the world. We're talking about the one in San Diego. If you didn't open your eyes and look at our podcast. Yeah, we are here in San Diego. Um, We're both from here. um, And we are natives to the land of... Ocean Beach. Ocean Beach. And we um, want to tell you a little bit about it. Um, We are very specific about it being Ocean Beach because, as you know, there are also different areas like Point Loma and Mission Beach that are close by. And we are really excited to talk about those. So we both made sure to research exclusively about Mission Beach. Ocean Beach. uh, About Ocean (laughs) Beach. But there are other things that kind of tie in. Yes, um, yes. Like the Navy in Point Loma affected Ocean Beach. Yeah. But we gonna talk about... We will. The actual beach town. It's gonna be cool. Um, It's gonna be cool. It's gonna be cool. I started getting high way sooner than age did. She rolled us king palms today. Bless her little heart. And she stuffed him with a mix of um, my weed's called apple fritter. (laughs) Ooh, and mine's mimosa, so we love a sparkly apple. Wow! Um, Glittery glam. mm -hmm. We... Kelly turned me on to King Palms last year, and it was because we were avid blunt smokers Mm -hmm. and, like, hella Swisher Sweets, and I could feel my lungs just deteriorating by the minute. I couldn't... Oh, they tasted so good, those blunt wraps, but I would get heartburn so bad. I was a tropical fusion lady and loved them. Yeah, and then she turned me on to these King Palms. I don't smoke them as much um, because it is a lot of weed, (laughs) and I don't have, like, the time or energy. But uh, it feels healthier. I love the... um, um, the tip of it, the yeah. it's like a, what is it, a coconut husk? It is. It's a straight up husk. It's like, you will never get Scooby Snacks sucked into your mouth. Mm-mm. It does get a it's little so sticky nice. at the end, but it's not bad, and it's really sturdy. It's really nice. Mm. Um, and speaking of ashing this <laughs> joint, so a couple of weeks ago, so two weeks ago, it was Ash Wednesday, so we're in Lent right now. Roman Catholics in the house! And my parents went to go get ashes, and they know very well to not ask me to go to church anymore. I've done my, I've done my due diligence. 15 years in the church, in and out, bing, bang, boom, no more. No more. They know, but... Um, me and Kelly were talking about this. Funerals, weddings, godparenting ceremonies only for church yes. sitches. I, the only times I've gone to a church, like, in the past ten years, by and large, were for, like, ceremonies. Yes. And uh, that is what we say. And the Zizos participated in Ash Wednesday, and so did we by ashing our joints. <laughs> so we just want to say happy Lent. And... Um, <laughs> Kelly, what did you use to give up for Lent as a kid? I'm so glad you asked this question because I fucking loved Lent. It was one of my favorites. And I remember the fulfilling feeling of actually giving something up. I don't remember ever successfully giving up what I gave up. Okay. I do remember somewhere along the way I changed it to do something nice every day. I love that. I did one, like, pick up a piece of trash every day. That's cool. Like, I say something nice every day. Or don't complain for five minutes a day. 
Um, but before that, I would give up, like, chocolate. Mm-hmm. Soda. Yep. Um, that's it. That's all. Pizza. Yeah. I don't know. Things that you... I feel like mine were a lot of food-based, too. Candy, ice cream, and then when I got older, I did alcohol. I did Dang. bread. Dang. Um, and then one year, I did Facebook, and then I never had a Facebook ever again. Like, wow, I deleted that's it. that's a great thing to give up. And I really liked it, and the only reason I have a Facebook now is for my business. Like, yeah. I would not have one. I don't really... I think we are clearly millennials because it's like so many of our parents generation on facebook posting like, like propaganda and i'm just like what if i see one more cons- conspirituality theory i'm going to die Ugh. i'm gonna keel over and die my mom has this like <laughs> my mom is such a kook she has this whole like lent situation where she just like clearly a catholic with like no guidelines it's just like the bible is more of just like an, I, an idea. <laughs> so Lent is just Monday through Friday for her. Like whatever okay. she gives up, it it's doesn't. Just that week. It's no. It's just Monday through Friday. No weekend. Oh, just five days. Yeah. Of like. So you can do whatever you want on the weekends, just not. Yep. Yep. So. So you give it up. Monday through Friday, but Saturday, Sunday, ball hard. Like get wild. Damn. That's my mom. Like my mom has always been like that, and I think it's so funny. So like even like as a kid growing up, like I would eat candy on the weekends. So you like, adapted this fake Lent rule. Totally. And my mom and I make fun of her now because I'm just like, you can't give up alcohol and then go have a glass of wine Saturday night with your friends. Like that's not how the Lent works. And she's like, you don't know how. And she's Lent like, works. this is how my Lent works, and it just makes me laugh every time. And I'm just, I think it's a cool adaptation because I like it. We don't need to be so strict on ourselves. We don't. We don't at all. I have one more Lent memory. It's mm-hmm. actually a memory I'm so fond of that I'm going to reinstate it. Ooh. Tonight. Oh my god. Do you remember making paper chains? Yes. You just cut the strips pink and of purple. paper. Yes. Well that's for advent and not lent. Or well am I lent wrong? is purple. With the one pink can the uh, one pink candle, uh-huh, that's uh-huh, advent. Okay, uh-huh. well yes, the same colors, you're right. So you take pieces of paper and you staple them and you connect them all together. But then you break one chain off each day. So it's kind of like an advent. I guess that's why I'm getting mixed it's up. Like an advent calendar. Count with the doors mm-hmm. and the chocolates in them. <laughs> yeah. But every day you rip off a piece of the chain. And it's really cute to do for a countdown of something that you're a goal that you're working towards. So let's say you're giving up alcohol for a month or so you, you do thirty little chains yes. 31 whatever or you're going to do meditation for 10 minutes every morning that's something cool. little that is fun and you get to like watch the chain get ripped away that's I'm cool so into that i like that i just don't know what i'm chaining down to i think we'll find something i was thinking josh and i's anniversary in july cool i'm like about to book it i just got like sprung about it like obviously staycation in california very pandemic friendly i'm honestly really loving the sporadic little things that are happening i feel like in the next obviously just like you said pandemics are happening but might get canceled it's okay yeah but uh i think some fun spontaneous little adventures are happening for the two of us throughout the next like couple of weeks you know we got friends visiting we got little getaways happening but very covid friendly keeping it Loki. uh tattoos we're kind of spontaneously booked yeah i love it when that springs and it feels right it doesn't feel it like makes me feel too much it's kind of making me feel human again yeah. a little bit i mean 
I'm not taking it for granted. Yeah. My my privilege is showing for sure right now. But um, I just think we needed time to just like, yeah, I want to pray free. (laughs) We're waiting for our city to tell us we could get tattooed. I haven't gotten tattooed in like over two years since we went last time. Uh, I I recently had about, I just got my leg done, but I've been itching Uh, already. Already itching. I will always be getting tattooed. So this is probably the longest break that I've ever had. Um, I'm really excited to talk about all things Ocean Beach. Get and freaky. we have a few things to discuss. And the first one, you know what, maybe, I don't want to pull an Adriana. Maybe I'll light this up when I'm done. Okay. Mine's wildly staying lit. So I'm going to tell my sources because I will read certain things, but I have a nice reading voice, so you're welcome. Um, the OB Main Street Association. They got a website. Mm-hmm. That's where I got all this from. Right. We'll link I, it in the Joe notes. I probably have my work cited in here somewhere. Good old, like, you know, Wikipedia. Yeah. I also did some other, you know, I click clacked around. We click clop. Uh, the part that I want to focus on is very much so our Karma San Diego vibe. Like, what's our real history and what's our real roots? Because it's seeming a little suspicious. And then we have, like, the fun part of Ocean Beach. We so, love Billy Carlson and Frank. Higgins laid out streets in 1887 and they sold like big muscle rows and like seaside fairs and I would like to note that there's not much written before 1887 so they just like like, founded this and they were like this is ours we're gonna sell it bye so who knows who was there before who got killed what kind of pillaging occurred but literally all of the history everywhere right now that we're recording this just has in 1887. That's kind of as... Like, Ocean Beach was... I have that same number written down because... Date, not number. (laughs) Because it was hard to find anything before that, really. Well, California had just become a state, like, maybe a dozen years before that. And that particular part of Ocean Beach used to be uh, part of El California, which would be part of Mexico, and so it has been under different, like, rulerships Mm -hmm. over a period of time, and I found it interesting that, like, the historians of Ocean Beach didn't, like, they focus on the history of Ocean Beach right now, and, like, the markets that were there in the early 1900s, but they don't focus on what was there before the Obetians got there, which is what they call the OB people. Yeah. So... That's not lost on me. I actually felt the same way when I was doing research on OB, and I'm like, where the fuck, where did these guys come from? Like, how did all of a sudden they acquire this land to just sell off? So. I was that confused. What's nice about looking things at back in history is that we can look forward and, uh, and, uh, wow, you think you would see what's right in front of you. This is what made me go on a wild goose chase hunt is because this Billy Carlson, who just like resurrected OB, went on to become the mayor of San Diego and later an inmate of a federal prison on charges of land fraud. What a fuck face. So I thought like, I'm going to research this asshole because he's apparently the founding father of OB and he's known, went to prison for land fraud. For stealing OB. And he was our mayor. What the fuck? He was San Diego. such a shady character. Newport is the street in OB that is like the street. Mm-hmm. It's the main street that you go shopping on. I know this sounds like duh, but Newport 
became Newport because they put in a port and it was new. Crazy. So like it was an actual port. Mm-hmm. And they put that port in under his legislation for the Navy. Hmm. And you can imagine living in OB was a stressful time during World War One and World War Two. Yeah. And all this port activity and all of these side military deals. Like, very interesting. So, I just wanted to, like, tell you about Billy Carlson. Tell me. I just thought I would tell you about this guy. No, tell me. I have no idea about him. Okay. So, uh, Billy Carlson, he was born April 11th, 1864. So, he is an Aries. And I think that's worth, like, mentioning. Dated an Aries once. Never again. Uh, Aries are the firstborn, and that means that they think that no one comes before them. What a bunch of losers. <laughs> we obviously know there's more to Aries, but it's worth noting Billy Carlson. He was an American land developer and independent politician. I already hate California. him. Wow, I fucking hate him. Isn't he a poop stain? He sounds like somebody right now. Absolutely. He's the... There's got to be a... There probably is an actual modern-day Billy Carlson Yeah, everybody. He served in the state legislature. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> Legislature Shire. And oh, the Shire! He served, <laughs> he, he served in the Worcestershire. <laughs> hey, that's on the list of words that are hard to say. That's right. It's a tough I, one. I just proved it. It's a doozy. It's a doozle. And he served two terms as the mayor of San Diego, and he was the first developer of the San Diego neighborhood at Ocean Beach. He was born in Sweden, and there's a lot of Swedish developers in... Um, I want to fucking punch him I in the know. throat. Yeah. You you know I hate a Swedish developer. <laughs> we all you, know this. Do you know that I'm, like, second-generation Swede? I'm Swedish, too. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, you Sicilian. Okay. So he immigrated to the U.S. in 1870 and grew up in San Francisco. And then Carlson, a fast talker, would often deny that he was an immigrant. Interesting. And that makes sense to protect yourself. Um, but also, he's very, like, sleazy, like, snake in the grass, like, okay. schmoozing people over. Like, they don't really know where he's from. Like, he's very quick on his feet. Like, by accent, it's gone. Then, he moved to San Diego. And he married Carmen. San Diego? Yeah. He married Carmen of the wealthy Estudio family. We'll discuss them some different time, but I'm just painting a picture. This was a political move. Duh. He married Carmen, and things did not end well with them. I just gotta say that he... Carmen sounds like a spicy-ass latte. Yeah, and she probably couldn't handle his shenanigans. Yeah, she was like, you're talking too fast. (laughs) (laughs) You're talking way too freaking fast. Okay, so this is really fun. I didn't know about this. He... Um, Billy Carlson was the editor of the San Diego Sun, which oh, used what? to be our newspaper. Before the Tribune. Uh, yeah. I Crazy. had no idea. It was called the Sun. I didn't either. And Facts. then the, the San Francisco associate Frank Higgins, you know, the other guy that started OB, they opened a real estate firm, Carlson and Higgins, huh. when the real estate boom of 1886 took off. This actually interests me greatly because right now we are in one of those booms in San Diego. Yes, we are. Very much so. So you can see these are just like schmoozy little guys. So they straight up bought OB, bitch. Damn. They bought 600 acres of Pueblo land and gave it the name Ocean Beach. Wow. That's crazy. And you can see some of those Pueblos near Old Town, Mm -hmm. which is less than a mile from OB to give you an idea of how small they were and what they looked like. Okay, so they laid out and named the streets. 
So they chose the names of all of those streets. That's wild. Sold lots and parceled off the houses and constructed a fancy Victorian-style hotel called the Cliff House, hmm. which is across from Wonderland, and we'll get, oh. we'll get there. That's so it's like, on Newport where they have, like, that's where the, the ice ho- cream. The ho- oh, that's where the hostel is yes. now. Okay. Well, it's a bar, and, like, the hostel's, like, Rainbow City, like, a blockish away. Oh, okay. It's, like, the very tip of Newport on the south side. I'm gonna have to It's called the Cliff House, and it's the same. They haven't even changed the building. And and you walk up that, like, alley ramp, and you're the windows of the bar. You need to take me there. You need to take me there. So they sold 2,200 lots in the first few weeks. Fuck. So they bought For $1. Probably, and they made a billion. (laughs) To lure buyers, they promised to build a rail line to downtown. Because. Since the development was two and a half hours from downtown by carriage. Because OB was, like, really, like, difficult to get to. Because it's kind of peninsula-esque. I love that you mentioned this, because when we talk about, like, the hippie history, that's why it is the hippie boom Mm -hmm. town that it is, is because the cops were far away. Yeah, they. They could get away with, um. Murder. (laughs) (laughs) Because they were just left alone, and it was a harder place to get to. OB doesn't have a police department. That's, like, still why it's, like, little hippie town because police will drive through but they're not like not necessarily sanctioned for that area it's just san diego police but like you know how every single like county area has its own police department ob is the like literally the only one without it so that's why we're kind of like this it does govern itself it's absolutely unforgiving and will swallow you it's I actually think I've seen the railway station that they started to build. So they promised something that they didn't do. So I think that's worth mentioning. Of course. Men. But I've actually gone urban hiking through Ocean Beach. And I actually am paying attention when I urban hike, which is why I mention it. I do like six to eight miles. I was with Lydia. And we saw the railroad. Where is in, it? Okay. And I'm pretty sure this has to be it. And they built like 10 fucking feet of it or something. What? So right when you're driving into OB and you get to Voltaire. Mm-hmm. And that corner right there is the start of the park to get back behind it to this to the skate park and everything. Yep. Right there. Like uh, in the ground. Like you walk down the steps and you're starting to walk like to the grass beach. And there's, yeah. there's railroad tracks in the grass. What? So we have to go check it out. Oh my god, we have to. That's so crazy. Yes. Was, I re- and I, me- I remember looking at it, we're like, what the fuck was here? Like a teeter like a teeter totter. When I was doing research on this, I was like, where the fuck was there a rail line? I'm like sure what it was the right fuck? there on that corner and they still have it like in the ground. That's so crazy. So they lured these people in and they sold twenty two hundred lots immediately. Wow. Those people still live in those houses with Miss Havisham. Wow. (laughs) Meanwhile, dun dun dun, San Diego's real estate boom started to end in 1888 and the development was in financial trouble. The Clip House burned down in 1898. Oh. They put it back in, but you know. His partner Higgins committed suicide in 1889. Oh my god. So they bought Ocean Beach in 1886, and his partner committed suicide in three years. Wow. Because they bought, think of it, you buy 600 acres, you parse off a whole town, you make all these promises, and then you have absolutely And then you're overwhelmed because you're two scam artists who are trying to do all this shit, and you clearly cannot. Isn't that? So then, right after that, Carlson sold Ocean Beach to an 
to an Eastern financier, and its development would wait until 1909. Oh my God! When DC Collier, so you know Collier Street, mm-hmm. was a permanent railroad line. So wow, um, he, they only owned the city for like. 13 to 20-ish years. Wow. And then he immediately, like, turned it around. So let's tell you just a little bit more about this fuck-ass. So, I'm loving this isn't so it much. fascinating? So Carlson became quite well-known because of his failed development. You deserve it, Carlson. But he was still a little politically successful. Okay. I, mean, I guess he had some charm. He had some, like, um, catch-me-if-you-can Leonardo DiCaprio vibes. Love it. He was first elected as a city trustee. Then he ran for county assessor and lost. And then he studied law to pass the bar and was elected to the California State Assembly Damn. in 1893. So this guy's, like, going places. I mean, it probably wasn't that hard. There was, like, ten people on the planet at the time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like He was like, cool, I just have to read this page? Got it. You know, I said I'm going to imagine he's good-looking. I actually read it. He was good-looking. God damn it. So he decides to run independently in a five-way race, and he a- enters in really last minute. So there's, like, four people and they're like doing the race to be the mayor and then he just swoops in last minute anyway like yes of course this tall dapper lanky good-natured young man with no political connections or party affiliation and he's just this independent bad boy he must have some mob ties or something how the fuck is he getting in it must be from the estudio family carmen so at 28 he was elected mayor sick at 28 i was drunk at a bar (laughs) For, like, four built. days a week. <laughs> in OB. So, think of him. He's, like, this, like, hot Peaky Blinders guy. And oh, my God. And like, I'm... brother commits suicide. And then he, like, makes big money moves. And then he, like, becomes the mayor. This sounds like an episode of Weeds. Isn't it? Wow. And he doesn't fulfill or deliver anything that he promised. This guy's just an epic failure, but yes. still living off of his good looks and charm. When people were asked, like, why did you vote for him? They said, we just want to see what he can actually do. Hmm. And I've heard similar sentiments with Donald Trump. People are like, let's see if he can actually do all this Which is some fuck shit. shit. Like, yeah, like, that, yeah, like ah, let's see how fucking wild this gets. You just want to put your life in jeopardy and danger? We're getting to the end of a shitty life. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so he served as mayor from 1893 to 1896. That's three years. He pledged to remove unneeded city jobs, but the council resisted because it was a conflict because people were like, don't take our jobs. Wow, crazy. Yeah. Are you sure this isn't a story about Donald Trump? For real. He was probably inspired by Billy Carlson. Probably. He raised funds for a railroad in Arizona. He raised thousands of dollars, but only had enough to lay 10 miles of track. <laughs> So you know how to swoop in and save the day? John Spreckles of the Spreckles Theater. Oh, my God. So he's the one who built the Arizona Eastern Railway. So it's funny, all these other people that you we know their names today had to swoop in and clean up this guy's trash. That's insane. This is really interesting. Wow. Towards You're killing the, it. Thank you. I did extensive research. I'm loving this. Towards the end of his term, he ran unsuccessfully for Congress, promising a new post office in every town. Now I can get behind that, and that did happen. It's needed eventually sure he would win he had his friend run for mayor because he was gonna be in congress right so he had his other friend like hey you be the mayor i'm gonna gonna win congress of course but then he lost and you know what he did he kept his name on the mayoral ballot he didn't put his other friend's name after he lost so like he was running for congress and the mayor so he just like shysted his friend out of being mayor so he could go back and be mayor as his backup plan yeah so you know what his friend did his friend was like fuck it i'm running against you and guess what the friend won. They all lost. Oh, <laughs> well, hey. You lose, but you Carlson lose. Carlson lost. 
and his friend read one and oh read one read one okay read one <laughs> sorry sorry I thought <laughs> yikes I want them all to be losers can you tell his friend won Adriana was right <coughs> she knows how the movie ends this would be a really good movie I could see Leonardo Leonardo DiCaprio being in this movie Billy Carlson staged a mock political funeral after losing he invited people to attend his funeral the drama his successes as mayor include obtaining federal funds for the jetty at the entrance to the San Diego Bay okay he was the first person to interest the Navy in San Diego. Mm-hmm. He obtained the state funds for normal school, which is now San Diego State University. Wow. So he petitioned for that education budget. And he got a Mexican right-of-way of the railroad to Yuma, um, which oh. was later taken over by Spreckles. So he like put together like relationships that weren't built yet. That's amazing. So he opened up some things. So he did a couple of decent things. He was proceeded to end his life uh, by performing various railroad schemes around the world. Okay. Los Angeles, Alaska, and Cuba. So he would scam people for their money, say he was going to put in 10 feet of railroad, which he did all over the place, and he never... Um, with, no, with no destination. It's like you get to go 10 feet back and forth. Yeah. That's it. Want to see how shitty he got right before he died? Tell me. In 1917, he was caught in a scheme where he sold desert land multiple times to different people and was convicted of mail fraud. Damn. So think about it. He wanted to put a post office in every city because he's probably doing scams out of the post office. He served his sentence time in federal prison and um, he died in 1937 in Los Angeles while in the middle of another shady real estate deal. That's crazy. So that shitbag started one of the coolest towns in town. That's fucking wild. I hope you enjoyed learning about Billy. We don't like him. I'm like mystified, honestly. That is, I was, I had no idea about at the bit any of that. That is so fucking cool, isn't it? Neat? Yes, I have some interesting information. Age already knew a lot of this, and that was cool. Like, I learned stuff about Obi, and she's like, "Yeah, dog, X, Y, and Z, bitch." Okay, so Obi is my number one place in San Diego. Like, got a sticker on her car, lived there. Like, the whole deal. It is my favorite place on the planet mm-hmm. of California. And mm-hmm. uh, I am not going to tell you where any of our spots are. Locals only. Locals only, brah. Like, <laughs> if you came on this episode to know, like, where to go, we'll give you some small businesses to stuff your fat chat. Yeah. But we're not telling you where to go to the No, beach. because a lot of our places are, no joke, fallen. They have just... <laughs> Dissipated. They actually fell off the cliff. Um, but unfortunately, we are not going to tell you where the local stuff is, but we're going to tell you how to support locals instead. Capiche? Capiche? Okay. 1913. Wow. Okay? Wow. An amusement park opened up in Ocean Beach, and I think this is, like, seriously so crazy because it was before Belmont Park. Okay? So... This place is called Wonderland, hence why Wonderland is called what it is, and um, I always thought that was so interesting, and if you ever go into the bathroom at Wonderland, we got a cough party, 
if you ever go um, down the hallway for the bathrooms, they have on the walls like um, the freak show circus um, photos on the walls, and it's like their little like oh, like home like homage to homage to Wonderland. Wow, that's so fun. So um, this amusement park was super dope, but it did not survive for many years. It was like literally one like two and done. Think of that creepy dilapidated ass amusement park at the beach it reminds me of scooby-doo yeah it it, she did not have a long life but it was a fun one um it was constructed at abbott and voltaire so like right on the water literally um the park had a water slide a roller skating rink carnival games a bowling alley a zoo 300 monkeys and the world's or excuse me the west coast's largest roller coaster at the time um and a I said before it was before Mission Beach, so it was a decade before Mission Beach even start opened up Belmont Park, and two years before Balboa Park opened. Wow! So a lot of big things were happening in San Diego at this time. Yes. A lot of like really um, monumental uh, things were happening, yes. like within this decade. Buildings, accomplishments, paving roads, people everywhere. Mm. Um, so the park was nine acres and it was right next to like where dog beach is now. So basically like the entrance of OB. Um, and because it was like such a trek to get there, like we've mentioned before, um, street cars did help. So there must've been some sort of like line that eventually got finished or maybe the trolley went another direction. I don't know. Um, the park only lasted two years. It died in 1915 due to a flood, because if you know anything about San Diego, (laughs) it floods every time it rains. Especially in Obi, it's real bad. Obi is so bad when the, when it rains, the waves get really big and it floods the fuck out of the city. Doesn't it sound like so duh? Like, when you go to any other place on the California coast, no one builds their houses as close to the water as we do. I know. Like, you're up in Big Sur, they're up on a cliff. You're up in, like, most of Northern California, there's no one on the water. No. It's very beautiful. Yeah. And then you come down here and everyone's stacked on the beach, and then they get shocked when there's, like, waves. Yeah, and they're like, what? I'm the gonna get water. I'm gonna get washed away. It's kind of like Louisiana. We're at, we're below sea level. Yeah. So... Just it like really Louisiana. does flood for, like, weeks at a time. Yeah. We just don't get it as People bad People take as... canoes down the street. Oh, my God. I've seen. I've seen surfing down the street. It's wild. It's wild. Um, surfing down the street. It's crazy. So, after the, the short but awesomely lived Wonderland Park, you know, failed and died, all of the animals were... Um, sold to the city of San Diego for 500 bucks and they eventually made their way to the San Diego Zoo in 1922. Isn't that crazy? So the Wonderland like tigers and bears oh my yes ended up at the San Diego yes and it's like now number one world famous San Diego Zoo like huge contra like uh conservation that's the word i'm looking for place yes and, and typically zoos are also very um contra- controversial, controversial. <laughs> but this one is pretty damn ethical yeah we we try to keep it legit um i have some information about like how ob started like popping off like in the 20s that's great. I got info about them popping off in the 60s. Okay. So I'll, I'll get you to the 60s. Take me. All right. So 1920s, um, 
dance halls continued. So a lot of like what was part of the park continued to like stay in OB. Okay, I heard about skate rinks. Yeah, and, like merry-go-round. Yes. And, like okay. Yes, all of those things were probably part of the park, and then they just expanded and turned it into this like little community. Um, oh. Construction was being like more construction was being built. It was literally becoming a neighborhood and a town. Wow. Um, an elementary school was put in in 1910, which was before the park. So, like, all of this stuff is happening within yes. this century. Um, and then the library was built in 1928. So, we're, we're getting places. We got a school. We got houses. We got a library. We got that post office that guy did for us. Like, we're, we're getting there. Thanks, Billy. Um, the Great Depression uh, happened, you know, in 1929, basically. Same thing what's happening here. Um, but OB kind of like continued to thrive during this time because we are a military port town. We were helping the military as Obitians, like, um, uh, merchants were like extending, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Credit lines for like grocery stores and stores so that military and like people who live in the area can like purchase things in that area and not have to leave Ocean Beach because it's kind of a pain in the ass to get out of, honestly. It still is 2021. <clears throat> to this car. day, it's still a pain in the ass. There's just one way in and one way out. Yeah, unless much. you want to go, like, all the way around. And then, like, when the war started in World War II, um, like, bunkers were created for military. Kids were, like, out helping, like, collecting scrap metal and things like that. Everybody was, like, kind of pitching in, honestly. And um, the women's club in Ocean Beach, which is still alive and kicking, I believe it's on Murin Abbott. Don't quote me. I'll great housekeeping it next time. <clears throat> but they provided snacks and entertainment to all of the servicemen. And um, a lot of those servicemen, like, turned OB into their home. Wow. And then in the 50s, which were pretty much... Um, approaching Kelly's portion um, is when the population started booming and everyone just... They put the 5 freeway in then, too. Exactly. They wanted a piece of the Kit Kat bar, so wow. this is when the 60s and the hippies started getting real excited. So, Ocean Beach is the the San Francisco of Southern California. Yeah. If I were to relate it to something, it's uniquely its own, but it's the hippy-dippy town. Like... Not just tourists and druggies and, um, but also very free love stuck in the 70s, um, polyamorous, very. bisexual, naked, dancy, drinky, no judgment, acid pants. It's real nice. Like, it's pretty freaky down there. Okay, it also reminds me of that other, um beach that everyone loves up in LA Manhattan Beach oh yeah it's like kind of crusty mm -hmm. yeah so that's the vibe and you're wondering well how does that happen how does a town get a vibe tell us and the best vibe in San Diego which is why we led with it um so the relative inaccessibility of Ocean Beach attracted the hippie element it was a whole damn vibe also everyone was very supportive of the troops and they wanted the war to end mm -hmm. so the mentality was we support our troops immensely and please come home yes so it's it's different than the politics now of war because it was still uh there was still some like american pride in there so much american pride 
that they wanted them to come home. Absolutely. So their freewheeling lifestyle, drug use, and radical political stance put them at odds with the old timers, mm-hmm. which were in other parts of town. So there were protest meetings, welcome and going on often in OBU, which I think is really cool. Yeah. Marches, picketing, angry exchanges, those kinds of things, like actual political activity. And if you think about it, you're allowed to do that. Yeah. So the lack of policing, I think, is great because people get to make Speak their, their mind heard. without the police fucking getting in our way. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's also when the pier was constructed yes. in 1960 which is which fucking is like dope very the vibe it makes sense that it looks like it was built then girl our pier is like one of the biggest it's over a mile long wow it's a big girl that's a big booty mm-hmm. okay so food co-ops made it very hippy dippy which also comes down to like it was hard to get your hands on things so you have to have a co-op for the community the community school we talked about and a lot of um homespun like businesses of like the optometrist down there for example or like there really was a need for everyone it's, in the community it's truly like a teeny tiny town like Isn't that so cute you, everything you need right there yes so there's a lot of, like, secret fun things about OB. It's tough. Like, part of you doesn't want to talk about all of them. But I know. at the end of 4th of July, like, they're known for their 4th of July celebration. You watch all the fireworks, and then everyone throws marshmallows at each other, which they don't put online anywhere. But it's also not allowed anymore. But it happens. It'll happen sometimes, but... I used you guys. to go to Marshmallow Fest, bro. Like, Mardi Gras Marshmallow It was Fest. really dope until a bunch of fucking assholes had to be stupid and start putting nails and screws and rocks inside of marshmallows. And people were getting impaled and, like, injured because marshmallows feel like clouds being thrown at you. Marshmallows with nails in them, not so much. So they have kind of refrained from that but every fourth of july down there is always a fucking trip it's always super it's always a good time it's always so much fun someone always ruins it for everyone they the last little bit of like history stuff that i have i couldn't find too much on it but i we can literally ask around because this was in the 90s so i guess they wanted to make what is now dog beach a sewer outfall interesting and you know it can get mcnasty with your sewer dumps and someone petitioned really hard in the neighborhood to keep it what it is now and it's so beautiful Mm. that would have been completely impossible for any ob life to even exist and it's so anti-ob so like when ob is against having a target when ob is against having like a sewage line it's that ob attitude Mm -hmm. that has kept them also with like no more than two stories in their buildings to not block the ocean views however target did win which is very very depressing super sad because because the community didn't want it it's like up in Lucadia, they put a Walmart in. They call it Carlsbad, but it, they put it in Lucadia. And no one wanted it, and the whole town picketed against it, rioted, not quite. We are rioting in the streets that we don't want big business coming into our town. Like, and so if the town doesn't want it, then like, what are you doing? Right? There's even a Starbucks in Obi, and I was really surprised that there's one yeah, in there. I think it's gone. I would love for it to be gone. Honestly, they have no business Mm-mm. being there. It is a... And there's really no business in there. Mm, like, it's the weirdest it is, Starbucks it's, ever. It's a place for homeless people to charge their cell phones. <laughs> honestly. Like, yeah. and I'm not, like, 
being a bitch. Like, that's literally <laughs> all it is in there. Like, it's totally empty. There's nothing on the shelves. When you like, walk in there, they won't even help you. They won't do they're anything. They're used to customers. They're just like, what? Like, like, they just know that it's a place to use the bathroom yeah. and to ask for a cup of water. Yeah. Like, everyone is just like stoned as fuck and like <laughs> thirsty and they got cotton spending mouth spending their money at a different coffee shop yeah that's like 20,000 times better yeah there's like a billion places that you can go I would love to talk about some of those places that we should go let's talk about them we got so many great places in Ocean Beach you I guys know, we sure do we like to feature oh. a small business every week because we want you to go there we want you to have that local thumbs up recommendation and we always have fun memories we only pick places that we know we love and so this week's is really special because I had no idea that Wonderland the bar and restaurant was named after Wonderland the amusement park in Ocean Beach yeah <laughs> what the hell I know right tell me more so Wonderland is owned um I, can't, I think it's through like social syndicate um they might be like one of the partners of them so they also own like the local the rabbit hole um perhaps a couple other places in san diego but if you notice local and wonderland have very similar marketing very similar like gear in the same family <clears throat> they're in the same family in some way shape or form um these are all like locals who grew up here in San Diego and they just like bought a bunch of like sick little restaurants. Um, it used to be a place called Nick's. Yep. And I had never been there because I wasn't I, 21 at the time, but I had been to Nick's before for their Mexican food brunch situation. Ooh, I want Mexican food brunch. That it sounds was, so nice. It was a nice, uh, um, they have the best view in town in at Wonderland. It hands down, like absolutely gorgeous if you have never been to san diego i love telling people to go to wonderland if you go at sunset not right now but like when the world opens back up to normal um go at sunset sit at the bar and they give everybody sitting at the bar a, a shot and every so nice. every single day they toast to the sunset and it's like so huge special. tradition it's super special and it's something that i've cherished since so not only do day you see one like the sunset but then you also see the beach mm. and then you also see all the fun shenanigans going down in the street because that's where the street people play we've got hula hoopers we've got fire dancers oh my god drum circles acro yoga slack line and all of the um places that you can sit on that part of the bar are all facing the water and age and i would go and like split a bottle of champagne and just like schmooze life mm -hmm. for years yeah we've been doing we've been going there for years yeah we i was like a really i started living in ob when that place opened mm -hmm. for the first time we were going there like every week yeah we were there all the time i hung out with kendra for one of my very first times hanging out with her when we yes. were in college there my it's like my, my mom's like favorite bar and restaurant i've turned everyone on to that place yeah so we started going there when it was like just one section and then they expanded mm -hmm. and now they've got all the bells and whistles yeah now they own the downstairs place the surf lodge the little breakfast so place fun. too so um so you already know about wonderland if you're from here but if you're not i highly suggest like you're looking for a straight-up tourist destination yeah and then the food and the drinks are fire mm -hmm. obviously but that's like a pretty fun like 
You gotta go. Yeah. Yeah, I like go. it. And you gotta listen to Slightly Stupid while you're while you're driving there. Oh my god, reggae nights at Winston's on Wednesdays. Ugh. Can we just go back to 2015, please, oh. where I would just spend every Wednesday just flailing my arms, just... drinking a sculpin from the can, oh and it costs eight dollars. <laughs> better in a can i don't like a beer in a glass same Do beer in a can pour. only yeah beer in a glass sucks i'm so weird about that like i only want soda fountain soda from a fast food place in their cup with their ice i do not want it in a can i feel that and then with beer i want my crisp ass beer in a can i love a canned beer i do like corona i like drinking out of the corona bottle though the day after I moved, <laughs> after I moved, I literally cracked open a Corona and I was like, fuck, this is good. Like, Isn't it like a that quench thirster? Dude, thirst I don't even know. I've never in my life been like, I need a beer. Like, I've never been yeah. that guy. And, <laughs> I'm, and I seriously sat down and I was like, god damn, a beer sounds great. And you I had like, one and I was like, suck it down. Oh, that. And then I had like 17 joints. Wow. So I have a couple like. Two more things about Ocean Beach. I'm so excited. Okay. Thanks for taking me on this Wendy journey. You're welcome. So, Ocean Beach is now, like, a thriving, beautiful town. Really gorgeous. And we love it. And um, it has been, like, a tourist destination for a while now. Um, Guy Fieri has a TV show called Drivers, Dine-Ins, and Drives. And he has been to quite a few restaurants down, not only in San Diego, but in Probably OB. Hodads, huh? He's been to Hodads. He went to 1502, which... Which is um, uh, the fucking Thai place? Oh my god! Obi, the Noodle House, uh, br- Noodle sister house. place. Um, he's been all over, so you see his little graffiti face all over the place. So because of him, we have gained so much tourism in Ocean Beach. It used to be very grimy before. Yes. And we love the grime, but not everybody does. <laughs> um, and one last thing, uh, gotta talk about farmers markets. Obi Farmer's Market is one of my favorites in town. Um, it's also award-winning. Mm-hmm. It's like 10 year in a row voted best farmer's market in like fucking California. Dude. It's very cool. And I'm sure you're all wondering, why don't you do that market? Um, it's really hard to get into. Yes. Number one, because it's very competitive. Everyone wants to be there. A lot of tourists. Um... I have seen people that we know and love start businesses go to OB Farmer's Market and just, like, become very, very successful people. Um, This market is badass. It's totally goals. I would love to be in this market one day. We're Um, towards it. But it it just has, like, more of a unique feeling. Um, It's on Wednesdays, I believe, from 3 to 7. I could be mistaken. Live music. Live music. With some marijuana. You're walking your dog. You're walking your cat. You've got your parrot. Oh, my gosh. Every pet on the planet. It, lizards, snakes, iguanas, you name Literally. it. There's people selling stuff on the streets, selling stuff on the curb. Um, yeah, live music, the drum circles, the fire dancers. It's just a really great experience. And if you really want to get like the genuine feeling of like what is Ocean Beach, like, oh, Farmer's Market. You is, should absolutely go. Yeah, you should start at the, at the east side of the Farmer's Market. Yeah. Walk it for like two hours eat schmooze shop and then go to 1d go to wonderland get 
champagne, watch the sunset, then go to Winston's when you bar hop, and then please don't drink and drive. Walk home to your bungalow. Or Uber or home. Take your Uber. Dude, that that is quite possibly my early 20s in a nutshell. So like fun. You just, <clears throat> that was my Wednesday night thing. Like We had to, Adriana and I had to entertain an out-of-towner, and that's pretty much exactly what we took her to do, mm-hmm. was that exact series of mm-hmm. events, and it was like the most fun night ever, and like, you're welcome. It really is, and as a person who's been in um, like bar jobs my whole life, I've only had like days off on weekdays. Yes. So usually like Wednesday's like an off day, you know? So yes. you don't really work on the, the slow days. So Wednesday was like my day off. It was my Friday. So we would fucking go out and like that was it. Like that was the tits at the time. It was actually like you always have a good time and Absolutely. picking which bar is never a compromise versus no. when you're in North Park, it's kind of a mish. Like certain bars are like a quarter mile away from one another and it's high risk like they have dress codes i hate that weird i hate that about north park like because north park's vibe is not dress codes and half the bars you can't get in if you're wearing like a fucking hat or yeah like, I w- and i was wearing a hat i wear a hat s- semi-decade annually <laughs> and um like you can't wear a t-shirt you have to have a collared shirt yeah at some of the nicer places grand. i was just yeah. gonna say seven grand probably and i know the office sometimes has like weird Dude. um rules because they have like themed nights i you know it's tough because it's tough obviously there's energy there for me because i feel so many different type of ways i grew up wearing a uniform i sometimes think about me enforcing uniform like for example when i teach runway classes i kind of want everyone to wear all black spandex that's a nice thing and then i'm like but is that me like suppressing their 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 style and i'm like well runway modeling isn't about your style it's It's about about, the it's about the fashion designer's style so maybe wearing so you know i I always wonder what to think about uniforms and you telling people what to wear is like crazy to me i think that is really weird that like nightclubs and bars have yeah dress codes like obviously like you need shoes like i got i understand yeah or like those kinds of problems but I love OB because you can wear whatever the fuck you want. You can literally wear the fu- whatever the fuck you want. And, like, half Everyone the time, too. people don't have shoes on. Like, no one has a shirt on anywhere <laughs> you go. All. Like, summertime, middle September, oh nary a shirt in sight. All of the bartenders are assholes down there. I just gotta say. I love them. I love every single bartender I've we ever love you had, all. but they're all dicks. I just gotta prove me wrong. It's because we have to deal with the general public. We're dealing with the fucking... I feel grimiest like it's kind of like a people, but they're like all asshole. Like we love them, <laughs> but I get it. I'm an it, asshole bartender too. Yeah. Kendra sent me a fucking bartender TikTok last night, <laughs> and I laughed my ass off because it like nailed bartenders. Like we're just so busy, we have nine thousand things to do, and you're like asking for seventeen straws plus extra cherries and like more grenadine, and you don't taste the alcohol. And I'm just like, I love a authoritative bartender that doesn't fuck around. So I'm do I. Saying, like some of my like most unpleasant bartending experiences have definitely been in OB. Like they don't give a fuck. Nah, we don't give Which a fuck. Which is good for like managing people. Like, hey, they'll be like, hey, get the fuck out of here, and you gotta go. Versus like PB. I think oh. I've experienced worse in PB. Oh. Worse bar people. Oh man. Because there's there's Sorry, some guys. kind of energy up there. They're all pretty grumpy. Mm-hmm. 
I wonder what kind of bartender I would be. It'd be very flirty and you would have to have like six feet away, not for COVID, but so you can't touch me. It's so funny. Cause I'm going to be tempting. I would be a little bartending snack every time I bend over. Cause I, my body's eight feet from the <laughs> counter cause I'm 900 feet tall. You're going to be tempted. <laughs> And I can I see you. Look, that's mirrors. why you have that bar in the middle of you. You oh, have I, that four I need foot. I a big fucking bar. <laughs> I need a runway sized bar. You know I mean? Oh my God. I love it so much. Well, Kelly, have we nailed OB? We absolutely nailed Ocean Beach Beach. Yeah, beach. Um, where can you find us? Karma San Diego podcast is our name. So Karma SD game. podcast is the is the way to type it go to our website go to our instagram we post hilarious shit constantly we're really funny and apparently we're thinking about maybe getting a tiktok you know i asked about it before you guys need to answer and (laughs) tell me because you need to answer a little bit more quickly i'm gonna need an answer because lulzy is getting antsy i think we already know lulzy's gonna create it i'm gonna just fucking do it. it's gonna be the adriana show you're so good at the vibe behind a tiktok and i'm very like uh ska band concert flyer in the bathroom i'll be sure to post your bloody tampons <laughs> flyer kelly, kelly in the buttholes <laughs> kelly into a theater new year <laughs> k in the bhs i love it it's like a peanut butter and jelly but it's a <coughs> butthole <laughs> <laughs> please like and subscribe because clearly we are hilarious clearly Please give us a five-star rating. Leave us a great review. And go to our show notes if you want to know a little bit more about the things we talked about. Because Kelly writes these in-depth novels. And if you don't click on them, then what's the point? (laughs) She just does this shit for her own joy? Yes, she does. She does. I'm a scribe, so I do transcribe all the things. Oh. Frick. All right, my queen. Bye, We're going <laughs> to <laughs>